Hello, my name is Lee Shellnut, and I'm the pastor of the Huntersville Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. That's a mouthful, so we affectionately know of ourselves as HARP. We at HARP welcome you to the podcast of our preaching and teaching ministry. We're grateful that you've joined us. If you're encouraged by what you hear, we'd love to have you subscribe. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we love sharing the glorious good news of the Lord Jesus Christ as we preach and teach through the pages of Holy Scripture. So join us now as we open up God's Word. This is the invitation. I was told if I wear the mask, I have an hour. And if I take the mask off, I have about 30 minutes. And so you, you see, no. Let's hear again from Matthew chapter 11. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Word of God for the people of God. God. I wonder this morning... Have you or, or are you at a place in your life where well, your soul feels drained and you, you're, you're nearing the place where you don't even know if you can believe? I wonder... Are you overwhelmed with things that are beyond your control, things that come into your life because you live in a fallen world? Maybe, maybe just this week you got the call. It was a diagnosis you weren't expecting. And in the end of it, well, they tried to make it sound nice. But you've been brought down. Your soul is weary. You are being pressed into the dust. I wonder maybe if those are not you, if you, if you're living under the reality of the crushing guilt, the overwhelming knock you down, drag you out, I'll do better. And you've said that before, maybe hundreds of times, and yet you never have. And yet here you are, and you, you don't know if you can bear up. You're weary. I wonder, I wonder maybe if those things aren't you, if you if you know the crushing hurt of being let down, 
by those who are supposed to be your brothers and sisters in Christ, and yet you have found yourself in their hands and you have been hurt. And you don't know what to do. You've been gossiped about taking advantage of. Maybe, maybe even those things, no, no, those aren't me. Maybe, maybe you, you have been looking at life and now this is your last ditch effort. You have tried every imaginable thing to erase this dark stain that you have in your soul, this blot. And you have tried every pleasure imaginable and it has let you down. know what else to do. We hear the words of Jesus. Let him tell you exactly what you need. Let him tell you what to do in this moment. He says, come to me. Come to me. Our text is, well, it's at the tail end of a chapter. You're not jumping in in the middle, but at the beginning of the chapter, John the Baptist has been arrested. He is overwhelmed. He is put in prison. He thought the Messiah was coming and that the Messiah was going to change things. And now, now he's in prison and he's about to die. And before he dies, he wants to know. He needs relief. He needs the burden to be lifted. And so he sins and he asks and they say, Jesus, what do we tell him? And he says, you go and tell John. You go and tell him what you see, that the, the lame walk and the blind receive their sight and, and the dead have been raised to life. You tell them that the work of the kingdom has come. And then Jesus says something to them. He says, what did you go to see? You went out not to see a reed shaken by the wind. There's no one greater than him. And yet he was pointing you to me. He is Elijah. He was pointing you to me. And then Jesus launches into a strange set of woes. Woe to you, Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum. Woe to you, cities... It's going to be better for Tyre and Sidon and Sodom. Now these were regular Jewish, no worse than any other cities. These were regular cities. And yet Jesus says to them, woe to you because if those other cities, Tyre and Sidon, and, and if Sodom had seen John and heard John and now see what you have had chance to see, they would have repented. And they would have come to me. He is Elijah, the one to come before the face of the Messiah. And so Jesus, in that prayer that we had as a part of our scripture reading, he tells us, doesn't he? He tells us what it means to find rest in the kingdom of God. And to find rest for your souls doesn't, well, it 
doesn't come into your qualifications. You don't have to be smarter than others. You don't, you don't have to have it all together. No. No, He will reveal it. Even, well, even to children. You don't have to be wise. You don't have to have it all figure out, figured out. But for rest for your souls, all that is required is to come. And so Jesus gives you this morning an invitation to rest. To rest from the turmoil around you. To rest from the turmoil within you. To rest from the turmoil that plagues you. He gives you the invitation to find rest in Himself. And that's what we're going to see in this text. We're going to see it in three points. We're going to see the invitation that Christ gives You're going to see the qualifications that he makes. Oh yes, he says, all of you come to me. That is his invitation, but he qualifies it. We'll look at that. And then we'll look at the promise. The glorious, blessed promise that he gives to all who will come. And so what is this invitation? Jesus gives it to you, doesn't he? Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The invitation isn't just come. The invitation is given in three words. Come, take, learn. What is Jesus inviting you to do? Well, he says to you, first of all, come. The scriptures full of these invitations from, from the very beginning all the way to the very end. The, the Lord is always saying to us, come, come to me. He, he comes, doesn't he, to Adam and Eve after they've sinned in the garden. He doesn't wait for them because they would never. He comes to them and he says, listen, I can make you right. Abraham wasn't looking for him. Abraham was an idol worshiper. And the Lord says to him, come, you're not qualified, but I will make you right. And again and again and again, he gives these invitations in the scripture and they are never to fix yourself or to clean yourself up. No, they are always come needy, come empty handed, come without money, come and buy that which you could never afford. Come and I will give. Isaiah 55 tells you, doesn't it? Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters without money and without price, and I will quench your thirst. And then he tells us again in John, calling on that very promise. If you come to me, out of you will be wells of living water. You're empty, you're dry, you have run to the bottom of your cup. And on top of that, what you've drunk wasn't enough and your cup has holes in it. But I have more than enough. As a matter of fact, I will fill your cup so full that it runs over. Not only will he mend the cup, he will fill it with such excess that you you can even be wasteful with it. 
It's just going to pour out anyway. And so He never calls you to fix yourself. He says, come, you are broken, you are empty, you are in desperate need, come. And then He says, take. And it doesn't sound so restful. Right? Take my yoke upon you. Now, I grew up in Marshville, North Carolina. And if you don't know anything about Marshville, the industry there outside of producing a country music legend named Randy Travis, outside of that, the industry is farming. Chicken farms, turkey farms, hog farms, and cattle, and feed corn. But you don't need to know that. This isn't an ag lesson. But I grew up in Marshville. And if any place can teach you what a yoke is, it's a farm. And if you don't know what a yoke is, let me tell you. It's an instrument made to put two animals together to share a burden. And yet Jesus is calling you, and He's just said in all of His invitations, in all of Scripture, you don't have what it takes. And now it sounds as if He's calling you to share in His burden. And you said, now wait a minute. You said, I was weary and heavy laden, and I am, but that doesn't sound like it's going to fix it. Well, let me tell you how it's going to fix it. You're being yoked as weak and frail and unable to stand as you are before His beauty and glory and holy presence, you are being yoked to the One who will carry you across the finish line. You can't do it. But by His grace and being united, being yoked to Him by the Spirit, His victory is your victory. And the field that He plows, you get the same credit for. You get the same reward at the end. Take my yoke upon you. I'll see you through. I began a good work in you and I will carry it to completion. Come, empty handed. Shoulder up to the yoke, but your feet won't touch the ground. And I will carry you all the way to the end. And learn from me. Learn from me. In, in Jesus' day, when, when a man became a disciple of a teacher, when a person became a disciple of a teacher, it was called being yoked together. They were taking on the yoke of that teacher. And here, here Jesus is saying, listen, not only will I carry you through, I will demonstrate, I will set before you all that you need to know. Well, you, you know our catechism, all that pertains to life and godliness, what you are to believe concerning God and what duty I require of you. Come, take, learn. That's the invitation that He gives. It's an invitation that He gives to all, and that's very broad. But it has qualifications. What are those qualifications? Well, he describes them, doesn't he? Those who are invited to come are these. All who labor. 
and are heavy laden. Who can come to Jesus? Jesus does not call those who are doing okay. Who in their souls go, well, if you just show me how to do it, Jesus, I, I can do it. That's not who he calls. Jesus doesn't call those who, who spiritually look around and say, well, Lord, Lord, I thank you. Starts off well, doesn't it? You, you pray to the right person and you give thanks. But Lord, I, I thank you that I, well, I am able to rise every day and, and I have my quiet time. And I know others who don't. And, and, and I, even, I even let people know about it. That's how spiritual I am. I, I set my Bible just right. I, I put the cup here and the lighting is perfect. And so I, I take a picture and I put it on Instagram. And so Lord, help others who need it. No, he doesn't, he doesn't call those. He doesn't call those who have it all figured out. There, there are some things that, that you may never put together about your life and the hardships you face and the struggles that you see and the promises of God that this really is for your good. As a matter of fact, you may never see it in this life. Why you go through what you go through. And you don't have to have it all figured out. No, no, Jesus is saying it doesn't have to come to you perfectly. You don't have to have perfect faith. You just have to have faith in the perfect Savior. He's got it all figured out. He's declared the end from the beginning. He's the one who has given you the promises that are sure and steady. And they are a rock upon which you may cast your soul. And as a matter of fact, there are many times that you are going to come distraught, sniveling and falling down, shaking on that rock. And you will have nowhere else to go. And I can guarantee you, When that rock is Christ, you will never once feel Him tremble beneath the weight of your burden. His shoulders are broad. His strength is great. And He will uphold you. And He will keep you. And so, Jesus' invitation, it keeps out those who are self-righteous. If you don't need Him, He's not calling you. But his invitation is also not for those who are satisfied in their sin. It's not for those who go, you know what? Sin is okay. I'm going to live in this sin. And and it will really, it's met the satisfying needs of my soul. But the reality is you know it doesn't. With every foray into sin, with every, with every moment that you've stepped away from the path of righteousness and you've not walked for His name's sake, but you've walked for your own name's sake and you've wandered into the path of your own pleasures, you know, you know how empty and dry and, and shallow that path is, don't you? 
And so Jesus, Jesus is saying, well, maybe for a season your sin isn't burdensome, but when it comes home to roost, it's enough to weigh you down, weigh you down even into the dust and below, even into the depths of hell itself. If sin is not made odious in your sight, Christ will not be glorious to you and you will never come. And so it's not for those who are self-righteous. And it's not for those who don't hate sin. Now here's the beauty of his invitation. You don't have to hate it perfectly. You just have to know that this, this is misery and in Christ is glory. And you turn to him. And so then the Lord gives this invitation. He says, come unto me all, all who are weary and who labor. And so if you this day find your soul pressed into the dust, maybe, maybe you're like the psalmist. Maybe you have been, maybe you've been overwhelmed in this life by hardship and struggle. Maybe you've received diagnosis after diagnosis, even after they thought they had good news and thought it was cleared up, but it wasn't. Maybe, maybe you have had hardship after hardship, this pandemic, this, this plague has caused you. To lose all that you've had. And you are with the psalmist. Darkness has become your only friend. Maybe, maybe you're with the psalmist and you're in the mire of sin and despair. And you have wallowed around in it long enough. He doesn't say clean yourself up and come. No, he says come and I will clean you. You're not going to shock Jesus with your sin. You're, you're not going to cause him to turn away in revolt. As a matter of fact, he is saying to you, Come, I already know all about it. Come, and even if you smell like a pigsty, even if you've been eating the husks, even, even if your breath smells like the vomit of a dog that's returned to his own vomit. I've known all about it and I will clean you up. But there's another qualification. It's not just to see your need of him and to, and to see your need and stop right there. There are a lot of people that go, yeah, I know. I know, I really I really should get a hold of my life. I've really faced these things. And, and you know what? I know I've been, I've been living in, in squalor of sin. But that doesn't do it, does it? An emotional catharsis over, over the state of your soul isn't what is only required. No, the other condition comes at the beginning of that verse, doesn't it? Come to me. The answer for self-righteousness and licentiousness is the exact same thing. 
is to come to Christ. It's to find grace in Him. Jesus doesn't say come to a system. Jesus doesn't say come and and achieve. No, no, He calls you to come to Himself. You see, there are many who are willing to come to another duty, right? Duty is what we like. We, we think that we can make everything right. That's why it's so shocking that we sing, not what my hands have done. The rest of the world and every other system out there will tell you, you must make amends. But Jesus doesn't tell you to do that. gives you the most glorious qualifier that has ever been in any system of belief or faith there is. He says, come to me. I'll take care of it. Come to me. I am the one to shoulder the, the necessity of covering your sin. I will cover your righteousness. As a matter of fact, come to me and I will cover you with mine. I will take off your stained and filthy robe that you have covered and defiled in the mud of the pigsty. Come to me and I will take the fig leaves of your own righteousness which will dry up, crumble away, and leave you naked again and ashamed. Come to me. And then he gives you that promise. And I will give you rest. You may have long labored for the kingdom of Christ. You may have long prayed and you may have long sought to busy yourself in the work of the church and you have not found rest well the question is have you come to a system or have you come to Jesus he will give you rest that your labor will no longer be burdensome but it will be glorious sharing in his kingdom work in which he promises victory. It's already won. That's like showing up to the Super Bowl and receiving a ring after everything's over and you were on vacation. He promises the victory. I will give you rest. He himself will give it to you. And that's the balm that our souls need, isn't it? You've never given yourself rest. Those around you, they only add to your heartache. They can't give you rest. No, He gives you rest. You know this. You know this is what you need because you've tried on your own. And you failed on your own. And here you are still in turmoil. And you're beat down and you're miserable and you're wondering if Christianity really works because you've burdened yourself with a system. No, no, Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. Perhaps, 
Perhaps you've not faced that. Maybe, maybe you've just been beaten down by hardship after hardship, turmoil after turmoil, struggle after struggle, loss after loss, diagnosis after diagnosis, and you, you wonder, Jesus, what do you have for me? He's got the glorious reality that he sets before you that rest is coming. Rest in his work now. And this life is all the hell you will ever endure. What you go through, what you see now is as close to hell that you will ever taste. And one day when you stand before him and you are ready to ask that question, Lord, why did you let me go through this? He will wipe away every tear. And one moment in heaven will suffice to wipe away all the complaining you ever faced here. All the pain that you felt in this life. Perhaps, perhaps it's not that. Perhaps it's not self-righteousness or, or circumstance that's kept you out. You've, you've not taken your eyes off of Him. You've, you've not seen the wind and waves. No, no, you've walked with Him steadily. But perhaps, perhaps neither of those are you. Perhaps you've been seeking your rest in this world. You're miserable because you, you've been looking to find ease and comfort here in this life is not ease and comfort for those who trust in Christ. As a matter of fact, he said, in this life, you will have tribulation. There's no rest for you here. As a matter of fact, this world is passing away. That's what he tells us in 1 John. All of it, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, they're all they're all perishing. They are ephemeral. They will be done away with. And the only thing that is lasting is to set your eyes on Christ and His kingdom because it will never be done away with. He's already tasted the very thing that you're scared of. He's tasted death for you. He's been raised to life for you that you may never truly Taste death. And that you might be a, a part of his kingdom forever. And that kingdom, that kingdom will have no weariness. That, that kingdom will not leave you heavy laden. That kingdom will not burden you down so that when he comes and he consummates that kingdom, you will have perfect rest. All those other things will weigh you down. But Jesus says, I will give you rest and my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He shoulders up under it. Let me give you an illustration Pastor Lee mentioned the invitations we receive all throughout our life. 
Well, it's like that invitation you get. You all, I trust, know a good southern host who calls you up and says to you, why don't you come on over to the house for dinner? And you, not wanting to put them out, you, you do what good southern people do, and you say this, what can I bring? And the answer is most often just yourself. You come and bring just yourself. You, you know what that means. They have taken care of everything. Plates are set. Drinks are poured. Everything's on the table. You just come. And the beauty and the glory of this invitation that Christ gives to you when you are running dry, when your soul, well, your soul hasn't feasted, it's been in famine. Christ is saying to you, come. And you say, well, what can I bring, Jesus? Just yourself. The table is set. The feast of the Lamb is ready. Just come. And that is Christ's invitation to you this day. Amen.